Savior who died for you. Hurry up and get out of my way. I'm ready. Y'all got me going. Folks, I don't know why you came, but I hope you came to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Because death has been defeated, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Give me about 15 minutes, and um, I promise you, you're either going to rejoice and praise God for who you are, or you're going to be scared and ready to do something about that. Okay? Today, we celebrate the death, the resurrection, uh, the coming out of the grave. But what does that mean to you? Well, the one thing that's common throughout mankind is man has always been afraid to die. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, whenever you, you see somebody that threatens somebody, they threaten to kill them, right? Because they know that fear of death will cause them to, to want to do something. If an armed robber comes in, he threatens to shoot you and kill you. So that fear causes you to want to give over to him. That fear is a natural inborn uh, instinct within every human being because he doesn't know what comes afterwards. And when you don't know what's coming afterwards, you have a right to be afraid. But once you get saved to give your life to Jesus Christ, you've got, a, you, you've got a lot of knowledge that should be coming in your head what's afterwards. That's why we celebrate the resurrection. That's why Jesus came out of the grave in front of more than 500 people so they would know that death has no hold on those who are in Christ Jesus. And I'm in Christ Jesus. What about you? All right. If you're not in Christ Jesus, you better be afraid because today I'm not only going to talk about that, but I'm going to go to the book of Revelation chapter 20 and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen one day in the not too distant future. And the more I see going on today, the more I believe it's very well may be this year when God comes back to take His saints home. And if you don't believe me, look at the world situation. Folks, right now we could go into... A, a, a cashless society that quick. If you're under 30 years old, that generation has already been prepared to do a cashless society. As a matter of fact, most of them would prefer a cashless society. But also, a number three largest bank in America this past couple of weeks has already eliminated cash. They will not deal with cash. The federal government's already started a thing. Uh, what's it called, Caleb? Anyway, whatever that's called, that there it's going into currency where you don't have to have cash and stuff. Well, what does that mean? Well, in the Book of Revelation, it talks about a cashless society that we would be there and would be a one-world government and a one-world currency, and we would have some type of mark on our head and our forehead. Well, Caleb brought this up under this system that the government's now doing along with other governments. i got to get over here. So who's got a smartphone? I've got a, what you call a dumb phone, you know. Okay. There's a reason behind that. Let me borrow that. Can I throw it down? Mine can throw it down. All right. Caleb showed me the other day. He said, first of all, it recognizes your face. And then you look down and you take your hand and you punch in whatever number you want, and it transfers all your finances. 
I don't know about you, but I don't trust anybody with the $10 I've got stuck back in the bank. I won't even let my wife have that $10. But, uh, folks, we're there. We're there already. Who would have ever thought China and Russia would develop a, an alliance and do that, what they're doing right now? Who would have ever thought the world would be in a situation? Who ever thought America would be lost and doomed? And, folks, well, I, I may be busting your bubble, but this nation's doomed already. We've already sold out because of everything that's happening right now and things that happened and the things that were shared with me this morning about what's going on in here and earlier this week, cultic people were moving into this area and buying land up and talking about being right with the ancients and peace and joy and all this. And, and some, it's just way out there, folks. And it's anything but Christian, okay? You've got to read their doctrine. I'm not speaking against the people. I'm speaking against the doctrine and the lies that's going on out there. Then we find out this morning, uh, one of my church members stopped by a, a place up here. I better not say that. I'm kind of lying. I said I'd never lie from the pulpit. But we found out there's a, there's a joint going in up here with all kinds of stuff going on right here in Omaha. It's, it's just creeping in here. All kinds of immoral stuff is happening all around us. What does it tell me? It tells me we're getting awful close. We're getting there. Well, for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we know we're in Christ Jesus. That trumpet blows. What does the Bible say happens to us? We're transfigured right there in a twinkling of eye. We're gone. All the believers that's in the grave, they're transformed and could receive a resurrected body. They're gone. But what about those who are left behind? It ain't going to be pretty, folks. Just a little East Texas slang. It ain't going to be pretty. Revelation chapter 20, because this I'll tell you about death. Every man that's alive is going to taste death. So there's no sense being afraid of it. I don't know how I was before I was born, but I don't think I was afraid of it because it was a natural thing. Birth is beautiful. These little babies are beautiful as they come out. Every woman I've ever seen can take the, the wrinkless up little old kid and I'm I'm trying to be nice now, but and they look at oh, and they so cute. Yeah, maybe in a year or two, you know. Right now they just don't look like much, you know. They they just don't favor a lot. Joseph, I know I just can't imagine what you look like, but came out with a head full of hair, crying, "Mama, give me something to eat." But babies are cute, according to women. They does. I've, I've never seen a woman say, ooh, look at that ugly kid. Now, Daddy said, man, I hope that's, something changes here. But they are cute, in a way, because they're joyful, and it's new life, and, and we rejoice in that. And they're innocent, and they're sweet. And I tell you, when Daddy figures out they're cute, and that little baby girl looks up at them, well, Robert, he's been blessed with about three of them. They grin at him. Man, he's a sucker there. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's when a daddy just wrapped around that little old girl's finger. They're just beautiful. 
because they're beautiful lives. So it was not a fearful thing. It was a joyful thing. When I grew up, I had all life in front of me, and I had no worries. Somebody was going to feed me. I had a house to go to and a place to sleep and all those things. I had sisters to fight with. I didn't have anything to worry about. There's always somebody to fight with. But um, life was promising. But death, death, death has always been a fearful thing. It was a fearful thing in my life until 1982 when I got saved. And when I got saved in 1982, I began to realize I've got victory over death. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. But then I began to read and study in verse 11, Revelation chapter 20. It's what John saw. And this is a promise to you folks. This is going to happen. Every person when, they're, when they are brought before God in this great white throne judgment. Then I saw a great white throne and Him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. No place to hide. They would all would be exposed. <coughs> I saw the dead, the great and the small standing before the throne. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the <coughs> book of life. Excuse me. I'm almost over this junk. But the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. <coughs> <coughs> I get so excited and then I get all choked up. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deed. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. That ought to scare you folks. <coughs> if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, I'm on. <clears throat> Thank you, Charlotte. If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, when you stand before God, what does He say? You will be thrown into a lake of fire, place of wailing and gnashing of teeth, place of eternal torment, no relief. You won't be burned up. You won't get to go around and say, "Well, I'll just build a fire and." Sit around with Satan. Folks, it's talking about a pain and agony that is so terrible that you will desire to die, yet death will flee from you because you are experiencing that second death, which is eternal judgment. And that awaits anybody, anybody that is not in Christ Jesus. <coughs> the sad thing is, a lot of people choose to believe lies, deception and everything else in the world today they choose to do that because either they don't believe the word or they don't believe it applies to them <coughs> maybe one day this frog will get out of there but I'm here to tell you friends you don't have to experience that death because see, when you stand before God and you're in Christ Jesus, and they look in that book, <coughs> they're going to look and see your name. Say, well, how does God know your name? 
Folks, he knew your name before you was ever born. He knew who you were, what you would do, and what you would become, and how long you would live, and he knew every intimate thing about your life before you were ever conceived in your mother's womb. He knew that about you, and he provided a way for you. The question is, will you accept that way? But if your name found in the Lamb's book of life, you will be accepted in. Why? You have an advocate. His name is Jesus. Because there is something about that name. He is your Savior, your Lord, your Master, the one who redeemed you and bought you and paid the price for the sin that was in your life. And it cost Him every drop of His blood. It cost Him over 30 stripes to be beaten It cost him a a crown of thorns to be placed upon his head. It cost him for the very creation that he created to spit upon him, poke fun at him, laugh at him, criticize him. His very creation chose a, a thief and a robber and a murderer over the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It cost him everything. It cost you nothing. Absolutely nothing. The best bargain in the world is salvation. It cost Jesus everything He had. It cost you nothing. All you have to do is receive it and accept it. The moment you receive it, the angels write your name down. The day, the time, where you were at, so that when you stand before that judgment seat, Jesus opened that book up. He said, well, this is when Dwayne Higgins got saved. September 1982. He was in a cow pasture by a gate. He prayed the sinner's prayer. But he not only prayed a prayer, but he allowed Jesus to come into his life to change his life. And he followed through with baptism two or three weeks later, sometime in October. I don't know the exact date. And he served the Lord from 1980, fall of 1982 till whatever date's in front of me. And I followed Him. Did I ever fail Him? Yeah. I messed up. But I never rejected my King. I never rejected my Savior because I was saved by faith, not by works. You see, my works could not cost me something I received by faith. And I keep it by faith, not by works. And you don't keep yours. You will be rewarded according to your deeds so you can cast those thrones at the feet of the Savior. But you're not receiving salvation based on your works. You receive salvation based on your faith. And the faith in Jesus Christ. And if you have done that, you have nothing to fear because death is a victory for you to get out of an old body and to go and be with the Lord to that very day. And I rejoice in that because either I'm going to be raptured or I'm going to die. But on that day, I'll be set free from an old wretched sinful body and I'm going to be in paradise because that's what my Jesus told an old thief on the cross when he asked Jesus to remember him when he entered into his kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be in paradise. Not tomorrow, not later, but today. And that thief went from a dying on a cross to seeing the glory of God because of his faith. 
But right beside him there was one that rejected the very mention of salvation. Criticized. Well, I'm telling you that afternoon when he died, <coughs> he didn't see paradise. He didn't experience paradise. He didn't just <coughs> he didn't just pass away. Don't be a dog tick. You see, he didn't just pass away and go into La La Land. He went straight into the pits of hell and his torment began that afternoon. And he will be brought before the throne of God again and condemned a second time on this great right throne judgment and cast even further into hell because of what he did. And the thing is, folks, he was side by side with the redemption that he needed. He was side by side looking eye to eye into the one that could save him. But he couldn't see him because he was blind to the spiritual things of life. One saw, one was blind. One heard, and one was deaf. One received salvation, one lost it. They all three went into a grave. But Jesus rose up from the grave. He rose up from the grave because death was defeated that day on Calvary. At the Passover and the resurrection, Jesus defeated death on that very day so that you could have salvation and redemption and freedom and free from the fear of death. You don't have to worry about it anymore because there's nothing to fear because death has no hold on those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you realize that? Grasp this idea, folks. Death has no hold on you. So why would you fear it? Well, I just had never seen it. Well, read this book. It tells you all about it. You see, the thing about it in this world today, and I've met a lot of these characters, I don't know how many of you have met a few of these old folks. They, they know a little bit about everything. And it's always just a little bit more than you know. They've always got a story. I've been there. I've done that. I've done a little more. And then you come to find out they had never been there, had never done that, had never seen that, never read about it. But they want you to think they know it. Well, the only ones I know that know anything about death is those who have lived prior to life and the ones that lived through death and came back. And that's God Himself. Because He'll never die. But his son did. So God's the only one that can tell us about what waits us in the future. So why would you look for some psychic in California if they'd charge you a dollar a minute on there and it'd take her 10 minutes just to introduce herself? <clears throat> but she's going to tell you what's in your future. And you know how she's going to do it? She's going to pull a little information from you. Now remember, dollar a minute, folks. Dollar a minute. She's charging you, pulling this information. Then she's going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. You're going to say, whoo, good, good, good. They don't ever give you bad news. But I'm telling you, the Word of God will give you good news and bad news. Because it's better to get right right now or spend eternity in hell. And that's your choice. Because we celebrate the resurrection.
resurrection of Jesus Christ because that's our victory. That's what we know awaits us. And that's why I celebrate and I rejoice in it. So no matter what happens to me today, tomorrow, or whenever, I know I'm going to be with my Lord and Savior because of one thing. I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. No doubt about my salvation to me. In my heart, I know. I know about when I did it, where I was at, and all that. And I know what I've done since that. And you need to have that same purpose in your life. And I always ask people this. Because we do baptism and I always ask everybody. I want to I hear them tell me when they got saved. I want to hear about that. Because it's too important for me just to overlook and say, Oh, let's just dunk you. Let's just put you under and all that. Because I have so many people come. And, and then if I just follow through with that, then I give them a false hope that that water did something for them. And I'm telling you, that water doesn't do anything but get you wet. Because it's got to happen right here in the heart, folks. And if it doesn't happen here, that did nothing. But now if you had this right, and you get this right in your life, then that is a picture of what Jesus did for you. Because that's what it is, a symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection as you come up in the cleansing that happened when you got saved. And that's why I ask people that. And then even today, when I, every one of them, I say, have you received Jesus Christ? Because I'm going to give them an opportunity to say, yes, I have publicly proclaimed before everybody that they received Jesus Christ. You know what? All four of them did right there in front of everybody. And they got baptized Whoop, right under. Because there was more power in the public proclamation than there was the going under. Because they knew what they had done. And they knew in their heart that they had believed in Jesus Christ and they received that and they just wanted to follow in obedience and that's what a great wonder about that. Folks, sometimes I get too personal in here and I, I, I say things because I hear things. I watch people in here. I got some great people in here. I got a six-year-old girl that's more worried about people lost and dying and most churches and church members in most churches because she worries about it. She's concerned about it because she knows the promises of God and she lives by it. What about us adults? Are we concerned about those who are dying and going to hell? I hope and pray you are. I am because if you're here today or if you're listening on Facebook or whatever, I'm concerned about where you're going and I want to know that you're saved and you're going to spend eternity with me and the, and the Lord and, and we're going to enjoy some great times. And, and Jesus himself called it paradise. What is it? I don't know. But the prettiest thing on this earth I've ever seen will won't even be a drop in a bucket to what heaven's all about. Because it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. There's going to be peace and joy and happiness. And, and I'm going to get to sit down and, and be face-to-face -face with my Jesus and I'm going to get a hug from him because I'm going to tell him I got to have one. I ain't never had anybody die for me, and so I want to hug you. But I want to talk to him, too. You say, well, a bunch of hocus-pocus make you feel good. Well, it sure does that. It ain't the hocus-pocus, but it sure makes me feel good. Because when I got up off that ground, folks, I felt great. God, I had a whole lot of sins that need to be forgiven. And I had a whole lot of guilt that was holding me back. And I had a whole lot of condemnation knowing what I had been and what I was. And I never had anybody love me enough to forgive me for all the sins I had done. 
But I did that day. His name was Jesus because there's something about that name. I'm telling you here today, there's no sin too great for him to forgive. Maggie, I love that song because he, there's no sin too great that he can't forgive. The only sin that will not be forgiven is the rejection of the moving of the Holy Spirit because when you reject the Holy Spirit, that sin will never be wiped away. So any sin you've committed up to that one will be forgiven. So no matter where you're at, what you've done, it's all been able to forgive. Hey, what if the thief on the cross said, well, Jesus, I need to get right. Give me a little time and I, I'm going to receive you day after tomorrow. Because I won't get right. He wasn't going to live day after tomorrow. And you may not live day after tomorrow either. Because I'm telling you right now, Gabriel is wetting his lips, polishing up that trumpet, and he's getting ready. Jesus is saddling up the horses because he's been a mount up. And the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords going to get on that white horse, bring his army with us, and he's going to gather up all the saints from around the world. And it's going to happen just that quick, and it won't be time for you to get right. Our names are going to be written in the book of life. But if you don't know that, today is the day to get right, folks. I told you 15 minutes. I'm going to do it right now. No sense going any further. Either you're right with Jesus Christ right now or you're not. And only you know the question on that. So won't you stand up and would bow your head, take your hats off and get ready because I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ into your life today. Because no better day than Easter 2023, maybe even the last Easter service we ever have, it's a day that you can receive Jesus Christ. Bow your heads, close your eyes, look into your heart and tell yourself what you see. Do you see a saved person? Do you see a person that knows when he stands before the throne of God that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Or do you look in there and you see somebody that just has no idea? Well, I'm talking to the ones that have no idea. Because if you have no idea, then that means you've probably not accepted Jesus Christ. And you need to get that one thing certain in your life right now. And this is how easy it is. You just look into your life and say, do I believe what the preacher's saying about the Bible? Do I believe Jesus died on the cross to take away my sins and is willing to forgive me of my sins and accept me just like I am? If you believe that, then you pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, and you can say it to yourself, say it to God. Say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I want to receive you as my Savior I want to give you my life, and I want to trust you from this day forward, and I'm going to call upon your name, and the Scripture tells me, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, and I'm doing that today, Father. I'm calling on your name, and I want to be saved. I want my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I give you myself today, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Now look at me, look at me. If you did that, that's well and good. But if you don't have a church to go home to, then you come right up here and you tell me after the service so that we can welcome you into this family because we will accept you. We, we don't care about your past. We care about your future because you can't change your past and all of you got one. But we care about your future. That you can change. You can change what you are today what you are tomorrow. And so if you pray that prayer, I want to talk to you before this service is over. 
Now I want to give you some instructions, okay? Y'all all standing up, so I'm going to stand up a little taller. We're about to go do the Lord's Supper. The way we're going to do it, I need to go ahead and get my elders out there and y'all get ready. And then I want you to line up out that door and down the porch and we're going to bring you over there. Folks, I want you to either kneel, stand. There was a chair out there if you needed to sit. But somehow you stand before that cross and, and we're going to take the Lord's Supper. There's some unleavened bread which was the body of Jesus which was broken. There will be some grape juice there that represents the blood of Christ. And they'll give you a little cup. Well, when you get that, you walk over in front of that cross and you look up there and say, Jesus, I'm remembering you today and what you did on an old rugged cross. And when you do that, then you walk around and stand in the grass area. Do not go past the cross because we've got eggs hidden out there. Do not let your kids go beyond that. Come around and stand until everybody passes through the line. And as we stand there, we're going to close with a song. Melinda's going to sing us a, a beautiful song and close us out with that. And then, if you've got children that are going to do the Easter egg hunt, you need to come around back into here, and then we'll take you out from here out to where they're at, okay? So kids, do not stand around out there when we dismiss you with that song. Walk around and come back into here. Mom, Dad, bring them in here because they're going to hide some eggs for the little bitty kids right up here. So, oh, and that tells me also, when we dismiss you adults, go ahead and take your conversations over here because that's going to be our little toddler area where they can find their eggs, and we need you out of the way and, and on doing that. Okay? Well, understand? All right. I want you to start from over here, line up at the door. I'm fixing to go out and meet you out there, and we'll get started. And y'all just file in there, all right?